Welcome to the Mustang UMC podcast recorded each Sunday morning during our 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. services. We invite you to join us in praise and worship during that time, and our hope is that this podcast serves as an encouragement for you and for your family in your daily life. One way that we receive the amazing grace of God is that God has given us his words of life and his words of truth um, that, that he shares with us. And so because we believe that the Bible matters here, we share and receive God's word together. And so today our scripture comes from 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Let's give our attention to the reading of God's holy word. Above all, love each other deeply Because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. You all may be seated. Let us pray. And so, Lord, we pray that this word would resonate in our hearts so that we may resonate with the world that so desperately needs you. Lord, may your strength reside with us this day, and in the days to come. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. One of the most common questions that we all ask ourselves is, what difference do I make? We all want to to live lives of purpose, and this becomes one of the primary questions that we ask throughout our life is, what difference do I make? Sometimes it really seems pretty obvious. We're in a a job or we're in a season of life in which it feels like, boy, I am making a lot of difference in the world. And then there are other times in our life in which we really wonder, well, now what difference do I make? Maybe it's when we've retired or our kids have moved out. Maybe it's when we've um, moved to a new place and we're wondering, what about here? What about now? How can I make a difference? What difference do I make? make? How do I add value to the world? Now, as Christians, we have a somewhat of an easy answer, but it's a little more complex than that, is that if we want to make a great difference in the world, it comes through service. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. Anybody can be great. You can be great. We can be great because we are people who are called to serve and people who have received the service of others. And so kids in box one, I invite you to draw a picture of someone serving you. What is something that somebody does that serves you, that makes your life better, that that takes on some of your burdens so you don't have to do it, and hint, hint, it's Mother's Day, kids, so that would be my recommendation, right? 
Martin Luther King also said these words, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? And so today as we talk about this win-win-win series, these, these spiritual practices that are good for us, that are, are good for the church and good for the community, um, serving is one of those practices that when we serve, when we find that place that we make a difference, we come alive. It makes a difference in the life of our church, and our church thus also makes a difference in the life of the community. What are you doing for others? Now, there are some obstacles, I, I think, that, that sometimes get in our way of, of serving, of, of being able to make a difference. And this isn't meant to be a comprehensive list. These were just a few of the things that I thought of. You know, one of the obstacles to, to serving, I think, is fear. That, that sometimes we are afraid, sometimes we're afraid of getting stuck with something, right? That maybe you said yes to something 15 years ago, and you wanted to say no the last 14 years, but you just haven't been able to do it yet. Right, And so you just keep saying yes, and so you're afraid of, of getting stuck again. And so there's an opportunity, there's a need out there, but you're afraid, I don't know if I want to get stuck with this. Or maybe your fear is not that you'll get stuck with it, maybe your fear is that you're not enough. You're not good enough. You, you have a heart for it, but you're wondering, gosh, I just don't know if I'm going to be able to teach the third grade class. I don't know if I'm going to be able to to help out and, and finish this project. I'm, I'm not the handiest of people. And so there are some times where it's like, this seems like this could be a relatively simple solution. All right, I watch a YouTube video and the guy makes it look so simple, but I'm afraid that I'm just gonna ruin it all, right? And so sometimes maybe our fear is in ourselves that we, don't, we aren't capable of doing it, all right? And maybe that is what is preventing us from serving. Maybe sometimes it's opportunity, Maybe we're at a life stage where maybe we're too busy and there's so much going on that we want to help out, but we just don't see how we can. Because we've said yes to all these other things, it means we're missing out on an opportunity to, to serve here. Or maybe we've tried to find the right place, but we've been struggling to find that right place and the, and the opportunities don't seem to be there. And so we want to say yes, but it's hard to because it feels like we have been told no. Or maybe just in the season of life that you're in, you aren't able to, to, to do the things you used to do and trying to find a new way. What is it that, that I can do now that, that people need, and how do I do that? And I think, of course, obviously, another thing that prevents us from serving sometimes is our own attitude. Our own, it's like, well, uh, somebody else can do that. That's below me. We want to maybe not think of it that way, but we sometimes feel it that way. I mean, I, I love Philippians chapter 2, and, and this is from the New Living Translation. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And so for us, if we're going to be people who, who call ourselves Christians, who call ourselves followers of Jesus Christ, then we have to have the attitude of Jesus, who, though he, though he was God in flesh, did not think of himself as better than other people. Instead, he humbled himself, becoming a servant. You know, this week I almost preached on Jesus washing his disciples' feet to take that, that servant act and to remind ourselves that no matter our position, no matter our status, no matter anything else, is that the posture we are always called to have is that of a servant. 
because that is the posture of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if we ever think, gosh, you know, that's below me, or somebody else should do that, Jesus reminds us that every task can be a holy one when it's done in service to other people. And really to be a follower of Jesus Christ means to live a life in service and love to others. I mean, that's what this scripture began with. It says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Now, does this mean that if you love a lot, you can sin a lot? I don't think so. I think what this means is that when people know that your heart's in the right place, they understand that your actions are in the wrong place, right? I, I think about sometimes kids, you know, and they'll, they'll see a flower um, in the garden or they'll see a weed and they don't know the difference and I don't even know the difference sometimes and they'll, they'll pick that flower and they'll give it to mom, give it to grandma and say, I wanted to give this to you. And you're thinking, oh no, that was from this rose bush that I love so much that they're not quite bloomed. That's not what they think about. They think, oh, my kid loves me. Even if the action wasn't exactly right, the intent was. And I think that's what this scripture means, is that if we can trust each other's hearts, then we, we see past some of our human failings or some of our, our things that aren't quite in the right place. Above all, when we have a genuine care and interest and love of other people, then that sets the tone for everything else. And so what I think Peter says here is that the most important thing is for us to show love. And I think actually the rest of this text is really some different ways in which you and I and, the, and, and his friends 2,000 years ago <coughs> can show love. And maybe one reason that we struggle to serve, maybe another obstacle to serving, is that sometimes we lack love for other people. We don't see other people as worthy of love. Maybe we see this group of people and we think, ah, they need love. But these people, we don't. They can fend for themselves. Above all, love each other deeply. And so how do we love each other deeply? And I think it is interesting because we are people who tend to group people in different settings. All right, that the first thing he talks about is to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. That means that I don't get to, to look at somebody and say, well, because you, you look differently or you think differently or you behave differently, you're not worthy of love and to experience God's goodness. No, that the first thing we do is to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, I do think the one thing that we see throughout Scripture is that it's not just our actions that matter, all right, but it is our intentions that matter and it's our hearts towards them. That we are to offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Now, as I think about hospitality, I think that part of hospitality is to make outsiders feel like insiders. It's about helping people who, who when they we walk into the room, they're not sure of what to do, that they can feel right at home. And it's about taking the stress of the guest on the host. I imagine some of you are just so good at this whenever you whenever somebody comes over to your house. You invite them in and, and you take their coat and, and you, you lay it down wherever you lay your coats down on. You, you get them a, a drink of water, you show them around so that they know exactly where to go so that they don't experience the stress of being the guest. You know, one of the things that as a, as a pastor, uh, before COVID, I would go to the hospital uh, a fair amount and, and every hospital I've ever been was not designed for guests. 
Now, that's okay because they're doing life-saving work there, all right? It should be designed so that people who need surgery and need healing get healed, and that's what they're designed for. But, and, and often they're built over many, many years um, and by different people, and so there's these confusing webs of stuff. And, and so a walking in and just saying, I don't know where to, to go. Maybe you've had that experience walking into a hospital as well. But what I've always done as a, as a pastor is, you know, there's always that front desk and they have these cheery people who have the gift of hospitality and, and most of the time. And I, I walk up and they tell me, and I'm saying, you know, I'm looking for so-and-so and I got to know how to spell your name. All right. Um, and they'll look in their little system and they'll say, okay, that you need to take the, the G elevator up to floor four, walk down the hall, then take the F elevator up to floor seven, right? This very confusing pathway. But they do it with a smile on their face. And it really does help me to alleviate because there's no way I'd be able to find room 1625 on my own, but I need some guidance, right? And so to offer hospitality without grumbling, they take my stress and they wear it on themselves. Those places that really do it well say, here, let me take you there. And so for us to be a church that, that serves our community, for us to be a, a church that, that loves one another deeply, one of the most important things we can do is to be hospitable, now, I imagine when you walked in today, um, you were more likely greeted by Randy Welt. Now, if you know Randy, and Randy's sitting right over here, he, he takes pride in, in opening the door for you, whichever door you go in. If you want to mess with Randy, all right, just schedule it with a friend to try to come in the doors at the same time. He might just freeze and panic. <laughs> Which door do I go to? But this is, is hospitality, and, and, and so we've had people who have, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, we really started a hospitality team, um, and, and we had door greeters and hosts and all that sort of stuff, and we lost a lot of that momentum in the pandemic and other things, and, and so we, we want to we get that going again because we want Randy's to be at all of our doors all of the time because he, he makes people feel so welcomed. He makes people feel loved, important, and he takes the stress of walking in, especially if you're new to the church and you walk in and you don't even know where the sanctuary is. You don't know where the restrooms is. You're not sure what's going on. It's that same experience as walking into a hospital. And so when we as a church have people like Randy and others who welcome people into the family of God, who welcome people home, they experience that love. And that's who we are as a church. It's people who, who share in that hospitality. And so maybe there are some of you who are those people who can help us as we, as we orient towards welcoming our guests. I really think these next six months, God's going to be sending us a lot of new people. People who are watching us online and then who are going to be coming in person. Some people who have just heard about what's going on here. And we want them to, when they walk in the doors, not to feel overwhelmed, but to feel encouraged and loved. And so kids, in box two, I invite you to draw a picture of someone opening the door for you. Especially when your hands are full, how great is it that somebody opens that door for you? And it's not just uh, the beginning of, of when they walk into the room, but also because our, our church is sort of this maze that goes on. One of the great things I saw, and, and this is something I saw last week, was we had a, a family that was going to be visiting the Traveler Sunday School class. Shane Watkins is our teacher of that. And so um, after the, this early service, uh, which is when that family was there, he was standing out in the narthex and he said, let me take you. And so he took the kids to where the kids class were, and then he took them up to where the, the, the Traveler's class was. And that's what it means to be hospitable. And that's who we are as a church. It's people who take people and help them to experience the warmth and the grace of this church.
Now Peter continues and he says these words, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. As I look around this room, there are a variety of gifts. Some I know and some I don't know. But God has called us to use whatever gifts we have to serve others. This is why you have a gift. God has given you a gift, but it's not just for you. It's for the sake of other people. It's for the sake of bringing light and healing and hope and goodness to other people. One of the ministries we, we have in this church for years is a prayer shawl ministry. And so there are ladies in this church who, who they knit these prayer shawls. We have them available in the foyer. You are welcome to take one anytime and, and either take one for yourself or give one to, to someone else. And so these ladies make them and they, they pray over them, but they don't know who's going to receive them. But it's an act of faith. They have this gift, they make these prayer shawls, and then as an act of faith, they give them to us and we disperse them over time. I had the privilege of giving one to uh, a family that was, she was having surgery this week, and I just said, hey, this has been prayed for, and this is to remind you of the warmth and the feeling and of the presence of God and God's family. And one of the, the newer ministries that we started this past year is with Horizon Intermediate School. So we're, we have a partner school with Horizon, which is a fifth and sixth grade center, um, probably less than uh, a quarter of a mile from here or so. And so we are, are just so thankful for that partnership, and you all have done a great job bringing prayer partners and all sorts of things. And so one of the, the neat things that happened this past week was that one of the, the ladies um, in our church, our elementary minister, Sarah Don, thought, I should take a prayer shawl to one of our teachers who has recently lost a loved one. And so what that prayer shawl later texted Caitlin, who works there, is this. That prayer blanket that Sarah Don brought me today from your church gave me tingles. I wore it over my shoulders during lunch, and it was legit. You guys are great. So what it means to be church, y'all. Is that, is that somebody does something by an act of faith? Through a partnership with the community, we're able to share and give a tangible expression of God's love. What a gift that is. So, so these, these ladies are, are making these prayer blankets, our partnership with Horizon. It was Teacher Appreciation Week. We helped out with breakfast. We're able to reach into this community and help them to know and experience God's love. There's other ways in which we have people who use their gifts I think about our, our kitchen, kitchen crew on, on Wednesday nights, uh, Marsha Lovelace, Bobby Legg, Becky King, Kyra Oldham, Nancy Ratliff, Becky Dusenberry. I may be forgetting some people, but they've been cooking on Wednesday nights, and um, they provide our, our meal for when we have our meal and ministry, our Wednesday night programming that we have here. Um, but, but what you may not know is that some of those ladies also, on the, on the weeks in which we don't have M&Ms, but we still have our student ministry, um, they still are, are cooking. And they've been doing that Wednesday after Wednesday for years and years. Now, they have some of their kids are, are graduating, and so um, they're looking to step back from that Wednesday night um, constant cooking. And so maybe there are some of you who are sitting out there who said, you know what, I'd I, I may not be good with teenagers, but I'm good in the kitchen. And if the church needs somebody to help cook a meal, I'll be glad to cook a meal. And I'll be glad to be a smiling face for when those kids come by the window. And I know as a pastor, and you all know because we're Methodists, that feeding people gets them a little bit closer to heaven, right? And so maybe some of you have the gift of cooking like these ladies have had over the years, and they can make a difference in that way. Maybe that's what God's calling you to do. Recently, we entered into an affiliation with Amanda Bailey. She's a member of our church who's a licensed professional 
professional counselor. And, and so as a part of her heart is to, to reach people um, and to help at the intersection of, of faith and mental health. And that's part of what we want to do as a church. And so um, as we entered this affiliation earlier this spring, part of what that means is that um, she's going to be providing her services, all right, to serve our church. That may be through groups, but also giving a, a discounted rate to, to church-affiliated people. And so we have had, I know of at least one person who has said, you know what, I need some help and has reached out to her and we've been able to help out in that situation. And that's her using her service, her gifts to serve others and to serve our community. There's so many ways. I don't know what God is calling you to do. And I'm probably missing a hundred ways people are serving. But it's so impactful to see just a few of these ways as a church. Peter continues and he says these words, if anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. No pressure. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Now, sometimes we may think about this being people like myself who are in front of people or our, our teachers, and we have great teachers who, who speak. But I think there's a variety of ways in which we use our words to encourage other people. One of the most exciting ways that, that we've done here over the past year or so is that we've began a prayer card ministry. And really that's been two individuals who have really, who have really taken it upon themselves. So Peggy Calhoun and Ray Jean Burke have written hundreds of prayer cards over the past year. Maybe some of you have received them. If you've lost somebody, if you're recovering from surgery, all right, if there's somebody on your prayer list, they do their very best to try to send out the host. And so they use the ability they have, which is the words they have through written form, all right, through, through finding the cards, and they're able to send those out. And so this is them speaking God's hope and God's encouragement. One thing they do is they, they send out a card typically to people on the year um, after a loved one passes away. And I recently talked with somebody who got that card, and she said it was the right card at the right time. And it's amazing what the right words at the right time can help people know they're not alone. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And so, kids, I invite you in box three. What are some encouraging words that someone has said to you? What is something that somebody said to you that you thought, ah, oh, that lifted me up? Because that makes a difference. Well, I, I mentioned teachers, and, and, and you might be able to think of, if you grew up in church, you might be able to think of your Sunday school teachers from, from back in the day. I imagine some of you could name some of the Sunday school teachers that you had that made a difference. And it's the same thing for us, is that we want to have Sunday school teachers, especially for our children, who we can name who make a tangible difference. Uh, recently, uh, we had a, a new couple join the church, Jerry and Tiffany Newell. They had moved here from Woodward, had been attending the church a, before the pandemic started, but, but really over that course of that time, they, this is the place they wanted to make home. And so whenever I had a Zoom call with them to talk to them about joining the church, um, they said, we want to serve, we want to help out. And they listed all the ways they had served in their previous church, and one of those ways was in children's Sunday school. And that's a need that we have. We're, um, again, because of the pandemic, we sort of backed down a little bit, and now we're having more kids come, and so we need more classes for, for kids to participate in. So Jerry and Tiffany stepped up, and they've been helping to, to serve on Sunday morning during Sunday school, and, and I really think it's been so neat, especially, um, let's be honest, women, you all serve in Sunday school way better than men typically do. But we have, um, one thing I notice about society and culture is that we need as many good, healthy, loving men to love our children as possible. 
because there's a deficit in our world right now. And so what a gift it has been that Jerry and Tiffany have served together. And so Jerry came out uh, to our house uh, about a week and a half ago. We're, we're, we're planning to buy the house that we've been renting for the past couple years, and, and he does home inspections. And so Jerry came out to do a home inspection. And here's what I noticed is my youngest son, Kaysen, who's here, he's um, eight years old. He helped Acolyte today, and that's a great way that our kids are serving our church is through Acolyting. Um, is it because Jerry had taught Sunday school? Kaysen was interested in what Jerry was doing. He was just kind, of, just kind of following him around, talking to him outside, just enjoying the connection that we had. And that's not what, what I want just for Kaysen, but that's what I want for all of our kids, is that when they come to church, they have an extended family of people who know them, who care for them, and who love them. And so they speak the very words of life in Sunday school. Maybe that's you. Maybe you can be a part of that for us. One of the other good things you can do and speak the very words of life is that you can invite people to church. The easiest way to invite somebody to church right now is if there's a sermon that touches you or a song that touches you, is to take our YouTube link and to send that to a friend. And send them an email and just say simply, I think this helped me and I think it might help you. That gives them a really easy way to experience the word of God without the pressure of showing up on a Sunday morning, which can be really high for some people. But who have you invited to church? Who have you said, hey, I'd love for you to experience the love of Jesus that our church can provide? You know, some of our best evangelists have actually been some of our youth who are in our youth group. I think particularly of, of Kyla Lovelace and Caitlin Oldham and Wyatt King. Um, you, you'll see their pictures out there on those senior baskets. And, and so many of those other senior baskets are their friends that over the course of the years they've invited to church. That they've said, hey, come with me to Dayspring. Hey, you should come on Wednesday night. And that because they've invited their friends, their friends have had experiences with Jesus Christ that have changed their life. And that we are their church. Even though we may not see them too much on Sunday morning, we are their church. And they know that this church loves and supports and cares for them. And it's because they spoke the words. They embraced people and invited them to come. The words we have can be the very words of God. Use them wisely and use them well. Peter continues and says, If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. I think one problem sometimes we have as a church is that we stop serving with the strength God provides, and instead we rely on our own strength. That's why it was really important for, for me to preach this serving sermon after last week's resting sermon, because we get our strength and our energy from rest, and then we're able and equipped to serve. And I think sometimes what happens is, is, is for some of us, we serve, 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 and we never rest, and so we begin to expend all of our energy instead of receiving the goodness of God, that rest and then serve. And so here, if we serve, we want to do so with the strength that God has provided because then miracles break out and life happens. And, and that's what, what I want to do. You know, one of, and, and when I was in seminary, they talked about it being a seedbed. It was a season of, of education, which was challenging, but it was also a season of rest, of community, of life that equipped me to be able to serve in the church. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing here coming up is, is taking some time off so that I can experience that rest, so that I can be at my best to serve with the strength of Jesus Christ and not the strength of Aaron Tiger. And whenever we do that, there's amazing things that can happen because we rely on the Spirit of God and the love of God to make a difference in the world of God. 
And there's so many people in this church who serve, who make a difference. Some, uh, some people who we, we may not always see or you may not always know, uh, uh, Steve Randall, and Steve's sitting over here with us as well. Steve, Steve doesn't mind doing the dirty work, taking the trash out at the end of, of Wednesday night or other things. You know, we're thankful Steve does that. He doesn't have to do that, but we are so thankful. He doesn't do it to be seen, but he does it because that's part of what he believes his commitment to this church is. I was uh, talking with Julia Mason, who's our missions chair, and they really want to help as many people find their areas of service to be set free to serve in the ways. And so um, we'd love to connect you with Julia so that we can find the, the best place for, for you to serve. But she talked about um, Nikita and Malachi McCall, who have been helping with our food pantry and, and going through and getting rid of the things that aren't quite as food pantry good to hand out um, and making sure that the bags are made. And that's a way that some of our young people are making a difference in the life of this church. You know, earlier at the school, they, when they were thinking about who could help with the vaccine clinic, um, because of our connections uh, in this community, they said, well, maybe, maybe the Methodist church could. And so they, they reached out to us, and um, it didn't take but a, a few phone calls, and all of a sudden we had about 10 people who helped out at a vaccine clinic uh, a couple months ago. Um, and it was just amazing to see how quickly people said yes to serving their community and what a difference that it can make. We have so many people in this church who serve our church through our, our, our leadership of our committees uh, um, and, and serve on our trustees and our finance and our SPRC. And, and there's so many different ways that people make a difference. In fact, you probably can think about people in this room who said, Aaron, why haven't you said so-and-so yet? They deserve to be said too. So many people, because that's what a church is, is it's the body of Christ working together to make a difference in the world. So kids in box four, I invite you to draw a picture of, some, of how you serve someone. What does it look like for you to serve someone? What, how can you do that? Because truly, if we're going to be the church that our community needs and that our world needs, it's going to happen because we serve and we make a difference. And we don't always know what that looks like. You know, sometimes it is through our community ministries that we have. Um, and I, I think about how, how good our Fun Fall Finds was this past fall in the, the, the middle of October and just a chance for us to engage with our community or the, the Christmas Bazaar that we typically have every year. I know that the, we're going to have another event here in June in which we just need people to come and um, support and be around to help out um, with the event our UMW are doing called Old Glory, which is going to be part sort of resale and also part arts and craft fair later on in June. And um, it's just a chance for people to come to a place in which they can feel safe and loved. Last summer, one of the, the neat and unique things that we did is we hosted a concert by Stars Go Dim, and um, we had a, a, a great time. And, and I was struck this week as I was thinking about this sermon by that lady who is right there. Now, I hope, I don't know who that lady is, honestly. Um, I don't think she can hear um, because she was six feet from the speaker the whole night. Six feet from the speaker the whole night, like that the whole night. So we did this outdoor concert, and, um, and what we wanted to do was to be a gift to the community for people like her. I don't know her story. I don't know her name. But I know that she needed every ounce and every bit 
of music that night. And that's what it means to be a church, is that people who are hungry and desperate find life and love through our church. I love this quote from William Temple that says, the church is the only institution that exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not its members. And so when we do church right, we certainly take good care of one another in the room, but people know that if they need something that they can come to us, that they experience the love and the grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ. Uh, later on this summer, we're, we're looking at partnering with Stars Go Dim again, and they're either going to be here or, or at the city. We're still in some, con- still in some communication about that. Um, but, but we're excited about providing another gift for the community, a chance for them to experience a free experience of God's grace and God's love. And so it's another service opportunity, another way in which some people to work a merchandise tent or help set up, whatever the case may be. We need people to be able to serve so that people like that lady can receive the grace of Jesus Christ in the exact way that she needs to. Thank you for listening to the Mustang UMC podcast. Once again, our services are at 8.30 and 10.50 a.m. every Sunday morning, and we would love to see you there. For more information about the Mustang United Methodist Church, please visit us at mustangumc.org or email us at office at mustangumc.org. That is office at mustangumc.org. We hope you enjoyed.